0: Coming up on Studos America, the brilliant and hilarious Dave Rubin is in the studio tonight once again to raise the prestige of this stupid little show by several decibel points. And our special friend, Ms. is Ocasio-Cortez, has decided to fill her week by throwing around murder accusations toward her fellow politicians. It's so much fun. We'll get into that. Thanks for tuning into the show every single night. And I know you are because I have a great view of you from uh, your backyard window. Don't look out there. Anyway, uh, let your friends and family know that they can watch completely free on YouTube, Facebook, podcast, and a bunch of places. Just go to stewdoesamerica.com. It's available everywhere. Or maybe you want to take a stand against the constant censorship of conservative voices. If that is the case, consider a subscription to Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash stew and use the promo code stew because that's how they know you like this stupid show and you'll save 30 bucks for a limited time. Let's do Cuomo's comeuppance. Stu Does America. Did you know you are ahead of the curve? Did you know it? Were you aware of such a thing? It's true, you know, you are ahead of the curve. You've been watching this stupid show for a long time, and you know that Andrew Cuomo is awful. Dot freaking com. It's very true. The news out today is... Very expected for you, but very shocking to everyone else. Let's go through it. New report from the New York AG shows that Cuomo and other officials severely downplayed the deadly impact of COVID-19 on nursing homes in New York. Yeah. New confirmed, presumably uh, presumed fatality number in hospitals and nursing homes: twelve thousand seven hundred and forty-three. A report from the AG said it was over thirteen thousand, but we know it's about fifty percent or more, fifty-six percent uh, higher than was uh, we were told at the beginning. We knew Cuomo was lying. We've talked about that a hundred times. The official uh, count. Um, Included only residents, of course, that died in nursing homes and not anyone who died at the hospital. So, like, you walk out of the nursing home and you're trying to get to the the ambulance and they pick you up and they get you halfway down the block and you die. Oh, that's not a nursing home death. Of course, obviously, Cuomo had been trying to protect himself the entire time. More than six thousand three hundred covid positive residents were admitted to nursing homes before Cuomo rescinded the terrible policy in May twenty twenty. That's the news. But it's not news to you. Uh, It is not news to you at all. In fact, we've done a lot of shows about Andrew Cuomo. If you want to go back and hear about all this stuff months ago, go back and watch. Stu does Andrew Cuomo from March 26th. Stu does the Cuomo teen. See how fancy we are. April 28th. Stu does the Cuomo catastrophe. May 6th. Stu does Cuomo's Clunus. These are very hard to say after a while. Cuomo's Clunus. Cuomo's Cluelessness, uh, May 11th. I actually said it right on the show, I think. Stu does the Cuomo Timeline, Part 1 and 2, May 21st and 27th. Stu does the Cuomo Truthers, June 26th. Stu does Kim Jong Cuomo. It's one of my favorites. Uh, July 14th, uh, Stu does Andrew Cuomo's Book of Lies. October 15th, Stu does Cuomo of the Year on November 30th. I've been ranting about Andrew Cuomo since the very beginning of this whole saga. Why? Because he is awful. Andrew Cuomo is awful. .com. It's true. And here we are. Here we are. Andrew Cuomo, finally known as the liar that he is and it's all on paper for everybody to see. Here he is attempting to justify how pathetic his uh, performance was.
1: A third of all deaths in this nation are from nursing homes. New York State, we're only about 28% only. only. But we're below the national average in number of deaths in nursing homes. But who cares? 33, 28, died in a hospital, died in a nursing home. They died. And I dealt with the loss of my father. Oh. The pain is so incredible uh, and inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And why? Inexplicable. And why? And why? Inexplicable. It's a good word. Uh. It's a tragedy. Hmm. Hmm. It's a tragedy.
0: Yeah, it is. Inexplicable. Fantastic word there. Considering Mario Cuomo, his dad did die in 2014. Not surpri- shockingly, not of the coronavirus. He died of a heart attack or heart disease a long time ago, way before covid. The guy's trying to use his dead dad to get him out of this. And we'll go through all the manipulation of the numbers. Maybe, I don't know, next week. Uh, Andrew Cuomo explained exactly how this stuff happens at a previous press conference.
1: Uh, incompetent government kills people. Yeah. Incompetent government kills. It does. People. More people died than needed to die yep. in COVID. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. Uh, mm. And forget Democrat Republican. Uh, as a person who believes in government and public service, and who has seen people die over this past year. That's why hearing President Biden is such a, a welcome relief.
0: Okay. All right. uh, I can't I can't take his spin. He blames everybody else throughout these press conferences and interviews, as you see there. Everybody else is at fault. Never Andrew Cuomo. I did appreciate this meme that's been floating around the Internet. And I must show you uh, that Andrew Cuomo has been named the state of Florida realtor of the year. <laughs> uh, it's true. Um, and I will say that that was a great tweet. Not my favorite tweet from the day. My favorite tweet, of course, from Janice Dean, who's done more than anybody else to raise, uh, raise awareness uh, about what has gone on. Uh, just just fantastic. Uh, Janice Dean with the quote, uh, the famous uh, mug. Andrew Cuomo was awful.com is where you can get yours and and show everybody that, you know, that Andrew Cuomo was awful. One thing that I found was really interesting throughout all of this. And I, it's, I'm, I'm holding back from being so incredibly pissed off by what has happened here partially because of this, this uh, story. This is from Chris Saliza over at CNN. He, he, he posted this story and it says, Andrew Cuomo's COVID-19 performance may have been less stellar than it seemed. What? It is shocking, I know, for that to ring through your ears that maybe Chris Cuomo wasn't the superhero that CNN and the rest of the media told you he was. Maybe if you looked at his performance at all, you would have been able to detect that. It goes on to say James' report, this is the AG, James' report significantly complicates any argument that attacks Cuomo's handling of COVID 19 in nursing homes are purely partisan. You're saying all these dead people wasn't just a political point? What a magical discovery! I'm stunned by this development. Here's the thing that's so frustrating. Literally, Every single person who looked into this story and actually examined Cuomo's record knew that this report was coming, knew what it was going to say, at least approximately. We've been saying 50 percent undercount this entire time. It was 56 percent. So it was a little bit worse than even we said But everyone knew they had undercounted. Everyone knew they were the only state in the union who did this. Why? Because they wanted to hide. I'll tell you why. Because this stupid thing was coming out. Because Andrew Cuomo wrote a book bragging about his freaking job performance in the middle of a in the middle of a catastrophe, in the middle of a pandemic, he was writing about how great he was at stopping the pandemic. Because he wanted this thing to be successful, he came out and lied to everyone and no one in the media asked any questions about it the entire freaking time. That is why, among other things... Why everyone was so freaking magically surprised today. Everyone looked at this like, wow, maybe he wasn't fantastic. They're having the same moment that QAnon supporters are having when when Joe Biden was inaugurated as president. Wait a minute. We've been sitting around here all this time waiting. To try to see when Donald Trump was going to arrest, you know, Hillary Clinton as a pedophile or whatever the hell they're saying. And they're all stunned to find out that, no, Joe Biden is just going to be a terrible president instead. That's our alternate future. All these people sat around and never asked a damn question about this guy and his record. They all just sat there and kissed his ass night after night after night and laughed joyfully at his little silly interviews with his dumb brother. That entire time is what happened. That report was sitting there. Those facts were known the whole time. They were being sued by the Empire Center and probably others to get the information out of there. And the entire time they hit it and the entire time the media didn't ask one damn question. Never question whether this guy actually did a good job or not. The whole freaking time. And this dumb little show with our awesome audience was sitting here. We were saying it. Janice Dean was saying it. A few others, the New York Post was saying it. But nobody else was saying it. I guess so this guy's book could sell the freaking eight damn copies it sold. Back in a second. start to see it in your face and you can feel it in your bones maybe your anger is getting a little bit of the best you i don't know if true niogen does anything for that but it does help you age better by supporting the energy generating uh, engines that exist in our bodies helping us restore youthful energy true Niogen is safely uh tested and backed by nobel prize winning scientists age smarter with true niogen. Try not to let the anger wrinkles in your forehead go crazy. Right now, new customers can save $20 on a three-month supply by going to trueniogen.com and entering the promo code STEW at checkout. T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com and enter the promo code STEW at checkout to save $20 on your first three-month supply. trueniogen.com promo code is STEW. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose treat, cure, or prevent any disease, but you knew that already because that's what you have to say at the end of these commercials. DrewNiogen.com slash stew. join slash stew. Joined once again by my good buddy Dave Rubin, host of The Rubin Report right here on Blaze TV. He's also the author of Don't Burn This Book, Thinking for Yourself, in the Age of Unreason. Dave, thanks for coming on the program.
2: Stu, it's good to be with you. You know, we've done 87 shows together in two days. So <laughs> I know. I'm gonna try to come up with something original here. Let's I now what know happens.
0: more about you than anyone else on Earth. It's, so uh, this is
2: it, we're, we're very tight and yeah. we know all the intimate <laughs> secrets about each other. It's here true. we go.
0: Let's start with uh, my personal obsession, uh, Andrew Cuomo. Yes. Uh, I, the thing that's fascinated me throughout this entire thing is not that Andrew Cuomo is awful, which you know he is, Right um, there it says but, it on a mug, but also just I can't understand how how the media and how New Yorkers fell for this as as if he was doing a good job throughout this crisis.
2: Why? Yeah. How did this happen? There's been a series of very weird things. So in, in the press conference that he just gave in the last little bit, you know, he blamed everybody mm. but himself, including God. God. I mean, he actually blamed God. <laughs> and you know, Harry Truman, the buck stops with me. That's what we want out of politicians. It doesn't mean you have to get everything right all the time, but but basically we know that politicians, they can't really accomplish anything other than taking more and more power and more and more money. So the best you can hope for with a politician, I think, is oh, these guys are bad, these guys are bad, these guys are bad, they keep kicking the can down the road and then the buck stops with me. I will at least stop the madness. Mm -hmm. Andrew Cuomo, who quote unquote wrote a book in the midst of Mm -hmm. this thing, Biggest pandemic of all time, economic disaster. He had he had time to write a book. Can you believe it, Stu? He really wrote that book. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he also got a, what was it a uh, not an Oscar? He got an Emmy, an Emmy? in the midst mm-hmm. of all of this. Uh, this man is basically an actor. I I'm from New York, born and born and raised in New York. Uh, his dad, Mario Cuomo, was the governor of New York, who was a great governor actually for the most part. He was a Democrat, but but believed in the free market. He was a bit of a centrist. He understood the tension between you know, the metropolitan area in New York City that needs a lot of resources and, and upstate New York, which is a, it's a very complex thing. Uh, but Andrew Cuomo is sort of, well, look at his brother. Look at his brother on CNN, Chris Cuomo. These, these are sort of clowns who go on TV together and joke around while people are dying, while he's sending people back into old age homes. And more than anything else, I mean, the, the offensive part of what he was saying today, which was that no one could, everyone did the best they could. Nobody, we all tried, God. Like, oh, now, God, now, God. Come on, man. Well, there's at some to quote Joe Biden. Come on, man. man. You know,
0: like the truth is sometimes your best isn't good enough. Right. Yeah. If that was his best, it was not good enough. He killed thousands of people with that policy, in my view. Um, And it's hard to argue, I think, the opposite. You know, because it's it's one thing to say, you know, we didn't know how this thing spread, right? Like, we, there were different rules at the beginning. People go back and find quotes. You can find quotes from anybody in March that yep. and, and they're wrong. But everybody knew... Taking patients that had COVID-19 and putting them with the most vulnerable people in tight spaces was a bad idea.
2: Kind of sounds like a great idea if you want to kill people. Yeah. Like if you were going to kill, yeah, if your plot was. What would you do
0: differently if that was the plot? To get rid of old people,
2: what would you do differently? You'd put the old sick people with the other old people in a place that there's not a lot of air (laughs) and there's just a lot of general sickness and age. But he did say something else interesting today. He said that 96 percent of the people who have died from COVID have a comorbidity and, and he said are of a certain age, the implication was they're basically over 80, right? Well, okay, if that's true, and from what I understand that basically is true, well then it is telling us what we've known all along, mm-hmm. which is that yes, a lot of people do get COVID and I know several people that have it right this second actually, but most people survive. People who are old and infirm die. Now I would prefer nobody die of it. Mm-hmm. But life is not without risk. But what he, in effect, did was for 10 months decided to destroy the economy of his state absolutely destroy New York City, although I'll give de Blasio a little credit on that when it comes yeah. to the comorbidity and co-destruction. I guess yeah. it's a comorbidity as well. Uh, but he decided to destroy his state, destroy the economic system of his state, the schools are a mess, the whole thing, much like my guy, Gavin Newsom, in California. And uh, I say all of this to say that you should stay here in Texas.
0: <laughs> let's, go, uh, where you, let's go to L.A. Let's go to te- uh, California for
2: a second. Work well, for three days. You have to bring me back.
0: Yes, I want you to mentally go back. You can stay right, here, on. but mentally go back. Uh, to the horror show oh gosh you look you look uh, in pain
2: okay okay uh, <laughs> I'm alone I'm alone what's
0: yeah. life in, in LA like at this point
2: yeah well it's funny because right before we started this I did get the the tweet that I guess now outdoor dining has opened in the last hour or something what a so miracle. so 80 degrees and sunny every day in SoCal that's why you pay the high taxes and finally today we can eat outside I covered this on my show about a week ago but when Newsom on December 7th said that there will be no more outdoor dining and then they voted on it three to two in LA and the woman, you probably covered the story, this woman, Sheila Cool, was the deciding mm-hmm. vote in, in LA. Where did she go? You're not gonna believe this. Where she went right after she decided three to two to close outdoor dining, she went to an Italian restaurant and sat outdoors in Santa Monica mm-hmm. because you know it didn't kick in the second she voted. It had like a day. Sure. So, so it so was such look, yeah. a priority yeah. to close everything but she wanted to have a little fettuccine alfredo before.
0: And de Blasio did the same thing. I yeah. think it was de Blasio when they closed gyms. He's like, I got to get my last gym? workout. Because yeah, as you know, de Blasio, very, very in shape. Oh,
2: no, uh, that man cares about fitness. <laughs> oh, yeah. If there's anything that man cares about, it's fitness. No, these people are all horrific frauds and, yeah. and hucksters and the rest of it. But generally how L.A. is. Oh, so so L.A., on the day that they did the outdoor dining ban, we now, as of like the last day or two, have actually half- the ICU beds that we had then. So if, if any of this made sense, you wouldn't be opening up when we have less ICU yeah. beds. Now, I think you know my feelings on this, I would just open up all altogether and there's gonna be some risk and let's, mm-hmm. how about we just open up everything tomorrow and then you know what, we'll test it for a week well, just test it for a week and see what happens. Allowing people to make decisions for themselves. That would be a functional society, I think. That would be a a, a personally responsible society. That would be the way you go ahead and allow people to live free and see what happens and, and mitigate some risk and have some risk in their lives. So, LA. Look, people started ignoring it. I mean, that really is the truth. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to say that I've done this, but perhaps I not. maybe had some people over for dinner. Perhaps right. I had a party or two. Uh, you know, perhaps I work out of my home and my employees come to my house. Perhaps I walk my dog. You You're
0: know, oddly specific. I'm not.
2: I'm not saying any. You know, and I'm not really saying I've done those things. No. I'm just saying these are things that. Potentially somebody might have done.
0: Yeah, no, of course. Just 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 possibly. Um, That's what's, I think, interesting about this. Uh, Have we spent too much time talking about mandates?
2: Yes. these people should have no mandates over us. No,
0: none. And I I, and my argument on that is because I think unless you don't believe in germ theory. Right. Yeah. If we all got in pods and never interacted with another human being in theory. Right. Yes. Probably a lockdown would be effective. Right. If we never went through by another person. It's a ridiculous extremes. And it actually happened that way. Um, we, we, we could all say, you know, OK, probably covid would go away at some point. That's not reality. And the same thing happens with all these man- mandates. Mask mandates are put on. But that doesn't mean everyone actually wears masks. Co- shutdowns happen. Uh, restaurants are, are shut down. But people have people, you know, others over to their houses. We we focus so much on the government policy when it shows, you know, mobility data shows that people leave these lockdowns before they end. They go. In fact, in March, they went into them before they started by the government. We talk so much about government policy instead of talking about what's actual reality and what human beings are doing. And is that is that is that because we are so focused on politics on the conservative side and and, and in the political sphere and on Twitter? Is that I
2: think it it shows some weakness maybe of, of the human mind that we think we can build systems that are just much better than us. We think that we can build things that will suddenly take care of us or that somehow are imperfect despite or that are in, that are perfect despite our imperfect nature we like to believe oh the the system Mm. kind of it's got to work it's the system yeah and it must know what's good for me because i'm a person and i'm in the system and we just sort of create this you know this would be very much like a disney fairy tale that we're doing in a way we're just we create the idea of a thing that wants to take care of us and then even as it's like beating down on us the last couple of days with the GameStop story and this big tech censorship and just all of the political crumbling nonsense it's beating down on us and we still have this this idea of it this idea that well just because it's stealing my money and censoring me yeah. and not letting me out of my house it cares about me and i and of course conservatives and libertarians believe that they believe that fairy tale far less yeah. than than liberals and lefties but I think to some degree, we do believe it too. Because, yeah. and by the way, I think there might be a functional reason for that in that we do live in a society. We we have to believe that the systems in place work at some level, or we'd constantly be trying to destroy each other or kill each other or something like that. So yeah. it's, it's a weird human condition between the, the individual mind and just like the reality of what you create. And just because you create something doesn't mean that three years later, it's the same thing and that it really cares about you. It just doesn't.
0: Yeah, I, I believe it was the uh, philosophers, tears for fears, who said that the everybody- Great philosophers. Uh, wants to rule the world. And it, there is a little bit of that, in, I think, in everybody. Um, you can
2: brought you up- get me a spandalous ballet reference? Uh,
0: yeah, I can. That's coming up in the second segment. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we talked, a little, you mentioned GameStop there. I, I find yeah. this story to be fascinating. Yeah. I it, totally admit I'm a sucker for this type of story. The one guy who figures out some weird quirk in the rules and like takes over the world and makes millions of dollars. I love it. Um, I do fear, however, (laughs) that this is not going to end well, not only for the traders in the middle of it, but us as people who like free markets. Yeah. The government is going, I mean, you've seen it with Elizabeth Warren already, who's come out and say, oh, this stuff can't stand. We can't have people uh, with these wild uh, changes. I've written a letter to the SEC. They're going to use this, I feel like, to come up with new regulations, new crackdowns on, oh, on individuals.
2: How bizarre. Progressive hero Elizabeth Warren actually cares more about the banks than people. Can you uh-huh. can you believe it? It's almost like, and hear me out on this, mm. it's almost like progressives actually care mostly about centralized power and mm. not people. I'm going to have to think that one through um, yeah. a little bit more because she says she's for people.
0: Right. So take uh, some more time with that one. It yeah. doesn't make sense. I mean, her
2: her Indian uh, or <laughs> her Native American roots would point out to a very earthy lifestyle and yeah. to caring about a people. Um, yeah. The, well, this story is just interesting because it's like, yes, there are these brief moments where the people fight back mm. and how far can the people fight back? And then what will the repercussion of the system be? And it's not only interesting that the people figured out a way to screw the hedge funds <laughs> on doing these short sales. That that's interesting in and of itself. Yes. Like let's inflate something we all know that is worthless. GameStop. <laughs> just and it's funny that it's GameStop because it's like it, it's about gamers uniting and yeah. the online culture and I was Electronics Boutique's uh, assistant manager in the Broadway mall in Mm. Hicksville, Long Island in 1999. As you may know, Electronics Boutique was sort of the original GameStop, which was then acquired by GameStop. So I'm well Mm -hmm. aware of the inner machinations of the retail video game industry. Mm -hmm. Um, But the cool concept of these people coming together to screw the man, and then what happens is the man then says, okay, we're going to boot you guys out of the app stores. We're going to shut down Reddit and, uh, and the other Facebook groups where you yeah. coordinate and all of these things. But imagine if it had been the other way. Imagine if it had been the average guy getting screwed. You think groups would be being closed right now? No. Are no. you sure that the Reddit pages would still be up?
0: It, that's why it's, so, I think, so frustrating. Yeah. Right? It's, it, it's such a visceral story because it feels like, okay, these guys, they have their one win. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, these guys, I don't know if they're going to ever win another one of these bets again. Yeah. But they have this one thing, and they can't let them have this one thing. Let me run a devil's advocate point by you on this. Yeah. Uh, the people at Wall Street Bets, they come out and they say, uh, look, we found this quirk in the rules. We found this little quirk in, in the way they're trading. We're going to exploit it. And send this to the moon, even though you're right. Like GameStop, maybe not
2: the, the best business model. I'm pretty model sure for a brick and mortar <laughs> video game store, probably not. In a know. pandemic. Yeah. Uh,
0: that's in malls uh, for physical video games, probably not the best model. But we're going to, we found this little quirk in their trading. We're going we're gonna to exploit it and we're going to win and we're going to brag about it, right? They're very outwardly taking credit for this. And then Robinhood stops them from trading and everyone gets upset about it but then robin hood could fairly say look guys this is a quirk in the rules if you the, the thing you signed says we can stop you from trading any security at any time. And the government can say, hey, there's a quirk in the rules. Um, we can stop uh, you guys from doing this whenever we feel like it. And we yeah. can investigate you. Um, we can look at all the rules and see you guys may have coordinated too much. And that could be a major problem. Like, it, are, are, is the outrage justified?
2: Well, I know you're doing a, a devil's advocate thing here because I, I sense that you mo- you stand with the people here. I mean, look, the I rule, do. a quirk in the rules. Well, okay, the hedge fund guys take advantage of quirks in the rules. Short selling is a quirk in the rules, right? Yeah. This weird thing of that you're going to drop the stock so that you can profit on the death of a company. Yeah. That sounds like a quirk in the rules to me, right? If, if if the rules all made sense, it would be like, oh, you invested things that are raising up so that your money gets more and then you sell it and then you hope that, you know, okay. Sure. Everyone sort of understands the, the basic 101 stuff. So everyone's taking advantage of a quirk in the rules. Now, look, Robinhood might have something in their terms of service related to like, you know, I'm not even exactly sure, but like some, yeah, I, do, you, do you have it there? Like something about like a gajillion people coordinating to whatever, but
0: for, for them, it's just, uh, I understand that Robin hood may in its discretion prohibit or restrict the trading of securities or the substitution of securities in any of my accounts.
2: Okay. So, so that type of language, I mean, this is like when you sign up, <laughs> you never look at you, <laughs> <it>. you <laughs> have a lawyer with you as you're plowing through all these things. No one that signed up, for Robinhood, and I have the app by the way, and I've got yeah, a little I've bit. Of, I've got a little bit of GameStop, which I got in the midst oh, of nice. this thing. In the midst of this thing, I was like, I'm just going to do it for fun, not just to destroy, destroy the world yeah. economic system. I just thought I'd have a little fun. But that type of of caveat in there, like basically like we can do whatever we want, whatever we want. That's not why anyone buys the Robin Hood app that was designed after the story about the the guy who steals from the rich to give to the poor. What's in effect happening is they're doing the reverse Robin Hood here. Mm -hmm. They're now protecting the rich. I'm not for stealing from the rich, but their app is named after a story where the guy stole from the rich to give to the poor. Well, what they started seeing was, oh, the poor are starting to rise. The rich guy's doing something stupid. Let's let's go to that random. Do, do you have what section and paragraph it is? I don't, I don't know, you know that's section <laughs> V, yeah. paragraphs X. You know, Yeah. section forty-seven. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's typical. It's going to make an amazing book slash movie. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited for that. Uh, more with Dave Rubin coming up in a second. We're back with Blaze TV's Dave Rubin uh, of the Rubin Report, of course. Um, Dave. This is a weird question to ask you because you literally take a month off every year from uh, social media, news. You disconnect, which is is something. It's an awesome thing to do. Uh, But maybe I don't know. Maybe this isn't a dumb question to ask you. Do we depend on social media too much? We talk a lot about people getting banned from it, that we're having these, these voices are being silenced. And that's all true. But that also requires us
2: to almost admit this is the only way we can reach people. Yeah, look, we're the batteries, man. We're, we're in the matrix and we're the batteries. Mm. The, the, the digital world now exists and in many ways is the driver of everything that exists in the organic world. The amount of time that we spend on these things talking about reality, which ends up being Twitter reality, which then leaks into real reality, we've, I mean, that's the plot of The Matrix. That, remember, they yeah, show okay. you that very dystopian, all the, the babies that are in all those chambers that are basically just the batteries for the digital world to exist. Like, we're in some version of that already. Think about the amount of people that spend literally more than 12 hours a day, more than 12 hours and one second a day, half, more than half their day, online whether it's playing video games or on social media or whatever, like, which is the real world? And I, I have an Oculus now. I mean, I don't oh, use yeah. it that often. It's actually very cool. But like, once you put that thing on and now you're in, you're actually in a 3D virtual world and can talk to people and all sorts of things. I mean, the, the level that technology is changing us and, and really the speed with which it's changing us is unimaginable. I, you know, you can look back to times when things changed incredibly. Okay, we, get, we had fire. That's pretty good, Mm -hmm. that's pretty good. That changed things pretty fast. We had the phone, we had the printing press. There are things that change things. This thing that's changing things is doing it so rapidly that the world and our sense of time is changing. So if you, again, sort of where we started, but if you just look back 10 months ago to when COVID started, two weeks to flatten the curve, Nobody says that anymore. Because the speed at which the internet conversation is happening literally makes you forget what happened last week. Yeah. And, and that to me feels like we are just, we are basically all in quicksand together. And we don't, we got on all of this stuff and we didn't know what it was. You can't blame any of us. You know what I mean? Like we got this awesome power and we didn't understand that boy, it was gonna do something that would really change us. And by the way, it's done some extraordinary things too. Oh yeah, Our lives, look what we do for a living. It's because of that thing. Mm -hmm. The ability to communicate with people in its best sense is extraordinary. I mean, it's done really wonderful things. So it's not just that this is just, you know, I don't look at it just as this horrible thing, but I do think that we have to rethink our relationship with it, which is why I do that August off the grid thing. And why it's also why I started locals.com, because my feeling was let's create communities, real communities uh, that are that are paid to get in. So it's walled and gated the way that you would treat your home, build homes for people instead of building just giant big tech monsters that only care about us because we are the product.
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. And it's such a problem. I think it's such a problem. You know, it was um. Uh, there's a book called How to Break Up With Your Phone by Catherine Price. You'd love Catherine, she yeah. should be great. She'd right. love her. to have her okay. on, yeah. Um, and half of her book is about uh, basically the step-by-step, like you shouldn't be on your phone so much. Here's Here are things to try to, try to use your phone less. Yeah. But the other half is all the research. Um, You know, what it does to people, how it affects people's lives, how it affects relationships. And one of the things I really took out of it was that we never had a conversation about it. No, we didn't know a point in which we sat back and we said, hey, what if we take eight hours of our day and give it to this thing? What will happen then?
2: we we're just experimenting on ourselves. Yeah, and that's the part that I think we're finally ready to talk about, right? Like we're finally realizing, whoa, something ain't right here. Our apps are turning on us when we start <laughs> making money. I mean, yeah. the machines, we are we are we're sort of in like a, a Terminator situation. The machines have taken over. Skynet has been turned on in effect, right? There are just these machines that exist and these apps and these technologies and algorithms that exist. And look, even for guys like us that so we create content that, you know, is is on the blaze and is on YouTube and all these places. But once you go to a place like YouTube, it's not um, that important what we say as much as what the algorithm will allow other people to hear. That is a very, very dangerous thing. I mean, I, I say this all the time, but we don't have a freaking clue how this stuff is manipulating us we are in a constant information war. And that's why I would say, I said to, to Glenn Beck earlier today, I think that you, you were, you were sitting right next to him, but I think a lot of people are going to opt out. I think there is going to be a massive anti-technology move in the next couple of years because people are just going to say, holy cow, this game, it's not just the game is rigged. The game is infecting everything. I'm fighting with people that I used to love. I'm, um, I can't hire people the way I used to want to hire them because now the system is telling me that I have to hire them based on the color of their skin instead of their work ethic and their qualifications. All of this nonsense that's being peddled at us. I turn on PlayStation and it literally wants me to download a free Black Lives Matter wallpaper for my for my screen. I mean, it's just a series of crazy things. And at some point, the few adults we have left have to say enough is enough. But we got to think about this differently.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things as far as you know, sort of political discourse that's happened from this is something like wokeism, which bubbled sort of in this uh, fringy academic world for yeah. you know, a couple decades, um, was able to go from. Oh, my gosh, that's a crazy idea. What do you mean you're not? You know, this is the definition of racism now. That's just you're totally changing the definition of a word. And what do you mean you can't say that there are men and women? This thing bubbled over there in that weird, fringy academic world for a long time. And suddenly it's just the way everything's done. Like, it feels like that happened in two years.
2: Well, you know, Richard Dawkins coined the term uh, memes, and when he was talking about memes, he wasn't talking about internet memes that we know about now. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about that throughout evolution, there are memes, certain genes that do replicate faster, that things will happen sort of faster. Now we have memes, so that when when an event takes place, the Mm -hmm. essence of the event can be captured in in an image that's just so iconic to all of us that you can then put Trump's face on a dancing cow and this thing and that thing, and now you have these memes that spread, and they tell us. Something that's true and usually funny in in this weird way, and it just keeps changing us faster and faster and faster and faster. So we have to figure out a way. Not, I, look, we can't stop the thing. The yeah. thing can't stop, right? No unibomber sheds. We can't. We no, can't go back to that. No, with, there's no shutting off the thing, and I don't want the thing shut no. off. I, I, I don't. I don't think that that's really necessary. But what I think is that we are going to have to think about it more seriously. It just is. It's it's gone from something that made us happy and excited and we say, oh my God, my friend's eating food on Instagram, it's incredible. And this person's on TikTok doing something funny or Vine or whatever it is. And and, oh, I can get my information on Twitter and I seem to know uh, this personality a little bit better. It's gone from something that felt kind of good to something that doesn't. And there are forces in play that would love to keep us on the ride to hell. And I don't really want to be on the ride to hell.
0: (laughs) No, that doesn't sound that fun. Um, We have like one minute left, um, maybe a minute and a half. As we go forward, Trump was president. He's no longer president. The the conservative movement, the libertarian movement, this entire side of the aisle is going to go through somewhat of a civil war here to figure out what this what the party is, what the movement is. Um, w- what should it be? What should be the targets for people who are on the right, uh, trying to form something that can appeal to people and also have a strong principle?
2: I think as, as someone that's, that's new to the right, and I would call myself something like a new conservative mm-hmm. or a future conservative, something mm-hmm. like that, is that the conservatives got the big stuff right. Family, economics, mm. what community is, the constitution, loving America, freedom of speech, Actually, the conservatives started getting the liberal things right. Open inquiry, tolerance, decency. I mean, the conservatives really did do something right here. And and we have to give some credit there to Trump for fighting the system to allow us to do that, to create a new wide tent here. Now, I would say, and I think we've talked about this once or twice before, I would say I fall more on the libertarian side of, of the conservative movement. Mm-hmm. There might be some more religious conservatives on this side and more traditional conservatives in the middle, but that's a pretty wide tent. And what I would say is... It's basically right now, as it stands in 2021. It's all of us versus the wokesters, and it, there's not a lot of them. But they, you're right; they have a lot of institutional power, and through our education system and all of that stuff. But I think if enough of us stand together, not only would we have the widest political party in the in the history of this country, probably, but we would quickly find out that they're really just a paper tiger. That that. There isn't that much there. It feels like there's something there, but is Joe Biden really (laughs) the the woke leader he's turning out to be? Like, yes, there's a couple weirdo people that run it, that constantly get put on MSNBC and pushed throughout the media. But call me crazy, I think most people want to live by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Somebody said that once. Yeah. I didn't come up with that just now. I don't remember his name, but I know that that guy was right. Yeah, we'll and do some research so I, Yeah, so if you could just that. maybe Google that, I'm sorry. But if you can figure that, he had a birthday recently, I vaguely remember. <laughs> but it, but that's the point, that that most people want that. Mm-hmm. and and you know they're going to come after that guy too by the way i mean
0: oh yeah he's yeah. they're going to be turned down his statues joking
2: aside they will come for the mlk mm-hmm. statue in dc because he will be thought of as a sort of co-conspirator yeah. or a uh, you know, sort of a lapdog for the white supremacists Incredible. and all of those oh, things.
0: God, Martin Luther but, King is a lapdog to the white supremacist. Yeah. could it be a crazier world than than just that statement? No, uh, but it no? gives us stuff to do. It does. <laughs> Dave Rubin, Blaze TV's the Rubin Report, of course. Um, how do you like doing the the daily thing? You liking that?
2: I'm loving it actually. Yeah. I'm loving it. Well, you know, as a, as an interviewer and someone that talks to the camera, those are different muscles. Yeah. And I've interviewed a lot of people over time, and I, I enjoy that when I'm doing it. But I've enjoyed just a. Being myself too and just you kinda know, ranting and seeing what happens.
0: Very cool. Very welcome addition to Blaze TV. Make sure you subscribe. Blaze TV.com slash Stu. Promo code is Stu. You'll save thirty bucks. And don't forget to pick up Dave's book. Don't burn this book. Thinking for yourself in the age of unreason. Dave, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, Stu. All right, back in a second. I want to uh, let you behind the curtain here just a little bit. Uh, our friend Dave Rubin uh, had to uh, go. So we had to tape his interview first. So that's why the completely bizarre transition from me screaming about Andrew Cuomo to a very nice, polite, civil interview with Dave Rubin to me now being insane again. I apologize for screaming at you. I know it's not your fault. That being said, Andrew Cuomo was awful.com. OK, uh, Ted Cruz and AOC are back in this uh, back in the thing. Um, AOC uh, tweeted something about how she was pissed off about the Robin Hood thing. Ted Cruz stepped in, which he's done a few times and said, oh, I totally agree with AOC. Now we can do the thing that we do here and we will. Start off with uh, AOC. She basically fired back and said, you know what? Uh, I No thanks. I'm happy to work with other people in the GOP who, you know, didn't try to get me murdered. She said, I hap- I'm happy to work with Republicans uh, on this issue uh, where there's common ground, but you almost had me murdered three weeks ago. Uh, so you can sit this one out. Happy to work with others, GOP, that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. Yes, it would be easy for me to come to you and tell you how stupid AOC is and how terrible her point is. And all of that would be true. Uh, Ted Cruz, of course, did not try to get AOC murdered uh, and neither did really anybody else. um, Not to mention, look, every every politician probably has some level of death threats, just like every dumb talk show host does. But in reality, there was an incident, obviously, at the Capitol to say that Ted Cruz was responsible for it. I mean, he was literally in the Capitol at the time. Uh, So I don't know why he would be wanting a mob to come overrun the place where he was, especially considering the fact uh, that that group didn't have too much, didn't seem to have too much. uh, They they were trying to hang Mike Pence was what they kept chanting. So I don't know that there was a Republican Democratic line per se. Uh, On the other side, though, I do want to at least, you know, I like Ted Cruz. He votes the way I want him to vote most of the time. You can't be reaching out to AOC. She is not a good actor. This is really as much as I would like to just be critical of AOC here. This one's on Ted Cruz trying to, you know, she in in a future response, she said, stop trying to clout chase with me, essentially um, using my big social media following to grow your own. I don't know if that's what Ted was doing. Maybe he really had this heartfelt, uh, you know, uh, idea that he could he could reach out to AOC and they could work together. It's happened before. Uh, So, you know, it's understandable to think to, to believe that he would think that. But AOC is not. A good actor. She's not trying to do anything other than clout chase for herself. And she's using you uh, to do that. So you just got to realize that AOC is not someone you can play this dumb game with. She thinks she's cute online. She's going to be she's always the victim no matter what. Here she is. Ted Cruz was trying to murder me was a real thought that came out of that tiny little brain. So just leave her alone. Let her ramble on Instagram and go back to the Senate. Back in a second. Thank you for making it through the entire show today. Uh, if you are, you're in the Cool Kids Club. Please click like on the video and please share it. And I, I have a feeling uh, people are going to be sharing me losing my freaking mind on Andrew Cuomo earlier today. That's fine with me because he sucks. Actually, he's awful. You can get your uh, get your mug, AndrewCuomoIsAwful.com is the place to go to get it. I don't know where you can get that. I don't care where you can get it. I will say this. Uh, I have one more story here for you. Smoking has been declining for a very long time. People are deciding not to smoke because they don't like the health effects. And there's a lot of cultural stuff going on as well. There's been some laws passed, but they always are after uh, the natural decline. And smoking has been going down for a very long time. One of the things that was helping it go down was people were switching from smoking to vaping. We've talked about this many, many times. In fact, the press conference that Andrew Cuomo did, Was at the beginning of the coronavirus, I believe it was March 1st or March 2nd, he did a a press conference not on not on uh, not on the epidemic of uh, coronavirus, but on the epidemic of vaping. Mm -hmm. So thanks a lot, Andrew, for that. By the way, the long decline of smoking has ended because they took away all of the different flavors and all the crazy stuff. I don't know how to vapor, but you might be. They've restricted it. They've made it more difficult for people to buy, if, even if you're of age. Uh, so that decline is over. I do love this quote. And by the way, thanks the government for that. Uh, someone, uh, this is a guy in San Antonio, so- software engineer. He uh, was smoking cigarettes till 2018, then switched back to cigarettes in 2019. He said, trust the devil you know. I keep smoking, yeah, it's going to give me cancer. Whereas vaping is much more uncharted territory. Is this Andrew Cuomo write this quote? I mean, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard.